Welcome to the Kinda Crunchy Podcast, where we talk about all things health and wellness. We can't wait for you to hear today's episode, so let's get to it. Welcome back, guys, to Kinda Crunchy. We have such a fun episode today. We have a guest um, that is joining us via video call. So if you're watching on video, well, hopefully you're watching on video. We're going to try to like splice together some video stuff. We are still new to this. We're still yes. figuring it all out. Yeah. But the people ask for video content. So we are trying to give that to you, <laughs> even though it's like we don't have a full studio all the time. We're at Jensen's today. So we have Jensen's background. We're actually just <laughs> in our kitchen. Um, so we're going to try to get this on video. We'll see if it works. If you're watching on YouTube and it's audio only, sorry, it didn't work <laughs> out. Uh, but for those of you listening, it doesn't matter either way. You are going to hear from and potentially see a very special guest today that we are so excited to have on. But first, I want to catch up a little. We're going to chat. Jensen, what's going on in life? Let's get into it. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to give you an update on our Maine trip. So So much fun. I love Maine. That's where my husband, Logan, and I went on our little mini moon, Mm -hmm. like our first honeymoon. Yeah. We've gone back multiple times since we love Maine. We're obsessed. I remember seeing your photos and I was like, I need to go here. Yes. And I think I said this before. Everyone who talks about Maine is like obsessed with it. Like they just love it, rave about it. And I'm here to say it has lived up to all expectations. Um, Maine, you can take all my money. I will go back to you. I will stay in your Airbnbs, your hotels, eat all your food. Like literally Maine was one of the most beautiful places Mm -hmm. I've ever been. I think it's the contrast of... You have the ocean, you have the trees, the yeah. rocks, the sand. You like, can see moose there. Yeah, we didn't see You have to go to like the, the other, western, the west side. Yeah. But we didn't see any you moose. can, they we have also, moose. We also didn't, we saw like the moose crossing signs, like when you're driving down the highway and I was like peeking out. But I Then you're like really on lookout for I a moose know. and you never see one. We didn't see one. Um, but I guess like highlights of the trip. So we were staying in Kennebunkport. We actually were in Kennebunk, which is like the more okay. residential side of it. Yeah. Um, but in Kennebunk, I found the cutest little, like, French bakery. Like, you literally feel like you walked into, like, France. It was so amazing. Um, I love when a, a shop does really well at setting an aesthetic. Yes. That it makes you feel something when you yeah. go in. I read Joanna book, Joanna Gaines' mm-hmm. book, like, years ago. And that was one of the things she talked about. She was inspired by New York City because they did so well, like the aesthetics, mm. the feeling, yeah. the the senses when you walk in mm-hmm. somewhere. And that just like makes the whole experience. It when does. they hit on your senses when yeah. you walk in somewhere. That's like a crumble cookie. Like they hit on your smell and your visual yes. and things like that. Yeah. That it makes the whole experience better. Yes. So and Maine is very, very Maine is Maine like was that. just without even trying. Though. Maine was a full vibe. Yes. Um we did go whale watching. <gasps> we didn't see a whale. It was five hours. <gasps> That's a long one. It was so cold. Oh my goodness. It was so cold. We were like an hour into it and I was like to Logan, I was like, really you cold. wanted to go whale watching. Here we are. We saw a shark <laughs> and some dolphins. And well, you saw something. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, went whale watching. Didn't see a whale. Uh-huh. Um, had some lobster rolls that were very underwhelming. Which is sad because... I'm the one that gave her the rec. Well, everyone did. It was the place that, like, everyone recommended. and They I was... were so good when we went, though. So I think she just had a dead experience. Yeah. Bad day. Bad day for There's whale... a million lobster rolls to try in Maine, though. Yeah. You could go you... back and never try every lobster yeah, roll. Yeah, exactly. I bet someone has, like, an account where they just try, try all, all the lobster things yeah. in Maine. Um, 
So we also went to Boston for a day. Went to a Red Sox Yan- Yankees game. I didn't even know that. It was Boston was beautiful. We saw two proposals. Um, one in like this park, Whoa. one on the jumbotron. I was like, wow, love is they in probably the have air. one every game. Probably because like <laughs> it's who wouldn't like want to get engaged right? at Fenway Park? Yeah. Um, the only bad part was Logan. Right behind Logan was the most obnoxious Yankee oh. fan, and it wasn't that they were oh, just no. like I'm not just saying Yankee fans, but just like this obnoxious fan on the other team truly had the most high-pitched voice was drunk out of her mind and was screaming after every pitch in logan's ear and like he said to me he's like you know i bet if she would like punch me like she'd get ejected he's like i'll just take the punch (laughs) it was that bad he was like i'll take one and when she left our whole section was like man you like he literally was like condoling him be like wow like you are oh my god it was so bad and she came back was fighting with her boyfriend they were, like, saying F-bombs. It was so bad. But then she left in, like, the sixth inning wow. and never came back. Um, our section started the wave. The guy behind us was like, hey, you want to start the wave? We're like, yeah. So cool. You felt like you were part of something. No, it was amazing. <laughs> it was our little section. And then it went around the whole stadium. That is cool to be, like, the yeah. originators yeah, of I've the never wave done at that. the game. Um, so that was fun. But the real highlight and also low point of our trip happened... <laughs> <laughs> Happened in Acadia and Bar Harbor, which if you've been to Maine, you've probably been there, and that's, like, the most beautiful, breathtaking place. Like, the water was crystal blue, Mm -hmm. the hiking, the beach, everything. Like, I would go back to Acadia any day. Bar Harbor, cutest little coastal town, had amazing food, just, like, watched the sunset over the water. Incredible. Um, If you know me, and if you've spoken to me about our Maine trip, you've probably heard this story, and if you haven't... You're about to realize that the cute little video I posted about how fun our trip to Maine was, which it was, was definitely a highlight reel because this... The Instagram versus reality. This is Instagram (laughs) versus reality to a T. So... Jensen sent me a voice message about this after it happened. Literally, she's the first person that knew about this. And I was listening to it and my husband Logan came Mm -hmm. down and he was like, what is going on? And he was like, you just have to listen. You just have to... So go ahead. Tell your wild main adventure. Okay. I'm going to set the scene. So we had bought tickets to see the sunrise at Cadillac Mountain, which that's like the mm-hmm. highest mountain there. You, the sunrise there is one of the first places in the United States to see the sunrise. Also, the weather was looking perfect that week, like clear skies. And the issue is you have to buy tickets like two days before and they only have mm-hmm. so many like we got them, but it sold out within like a minute. Like I had our credit card information, like ready to copy and paste. Oh, wow. Like literally refreshed in a minute, they were gone. And it's 150 cars. It's like $5, but it's just yeah. more to like get a spot. Um, but they say you need to get there at like 4.15 in the morning. The sun rises at like 4.45. So wow, I, yeah. One of the first places, yeah, I guess. And yeah, it's summer. Yeah. Like. So I knew we had to get up at like 3.30. Yeah. So I was like... First off, I was like, I didn't want to buy, a, get a hotel room. They were all over $150 for like four hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. And then we, I'm not a tenting girl. I wouldn't even know how to set up a tent. So for us to like try to set <laughs> up a tent, room. also to be tearing this tent down at 3.30 in the morning. And it was like 45 degrees at night. So it was like cold. Yeah. So I was like, we're going to sleep in our car. I told Logan, I was like, let's just go to a Walmart parking lot. It's a thing. I actually looked up like where in Maine to stay outside of Acadia in your car. And it was like this one Walmart. So it's Everybody, like. Everybody. That's the and, camping spot and we is got, that Walmart. And we got there and there were a lot of RVs and cars. So it like uh-huh. made sense. Super clean Walmart. Like the bathroom was spotless. We like, I went and took my contacts out, got some water. Um. Logan made the cutest bed in the back of our car. So it was really cozy, comfy. 
it was the best case scenario. (laughs) Until. (laughs) Until it wasn't. Um, Well, at 1 a.m. we woke up to our dog almost throwing up at our head. Our dog was with us too. Um, He just almost like threw up and it was like at our head. And luckily Logan got him out of the car. He didn't. It was just like it almost. You thought he was going to. It was going to be bad. He was showing all if the he signs. Did. All the signs. All the signs. <laughs> um. So, then I'm like, okay, we need to go back to sleep. It's been like two hours mm-hmm. of sleep. We still have two more hours to sleep. Fall back asleep. Three thirty. The alarm wakes us up, and we're getting out of the car. We're like, basically, we just need to put the seat up, and then kind of just like I was going to change in a different pair of pants and mm-hmm. like go. We needed to drive thirty minutes to get to the entrance of Acadia. Um. And I'm outside the car, and Logan's outside the car, and then he shuts the door, and <laughs> the keys are in the car, and we had locked our car from the inside because we were sleeping in there. Normally, like, if the keys are in the car, it unlocks, like, just if like, you uh-huh. put your hand under it. And also, our car has a passcode button on it that Logan had never set up yet, which that is happening soon. It wasn't an issue. It wasn't until an issue. It, was until an it issue. wasn't. So, like the moment that he shut the door, I pulled on my handle, and then he pulled on his handle, and we made that eye contact that was just like, "Oh no, oh no." One, it wouldn't have been as big of a deal if we weren't like the sunrise was about to happen. You could also see the pink sky in the Walmart You're like, parking lot. We're missing it. We're missing it. Well, <laughs> in our, if you watch my recap video, you'll see a little pink skyline in the Walmart parking lot. Um, <laughs> that's where they got to see the sunrise. That's where, the, that's where <laughs> it began. Walmart, the beautiful setting. But so where am I going with this? Oh, Bentley was in the car. So like our dog was in the car who wasn't feeling well. So Logan was a little nervous about that. But also Logan's in a t-shirt and shorts, 45 degrees. It's freezing. Mm-hmm. Praise God we had our phones. Walmart's not 24 hours, so we're like, but we see the doors open, so we're like, oh, let's just go in. I don't even know. Our mind was just, like, all over the place at this point. We were kind of in a panic. So we go in, and the custodian's like, you can't be here. Get out. And I was like, um, (laughs) hi, sorry. We locked ourselves out of our car. It's freezing. It's 3.30 in the morning. He's like, well, call Dave's Towing Company. And I'm like, okay. Thanks for the local rec. Thanks for the local. He's like, you should have AAA, which I did my whole life with my parents, I've and, never had it. I don't, I, I do not know what AAA does. It's when you lock your keys out of your car, basically, or your car battery dies. My parents use, not to like diss my parents, but they've had, they'll even admit to you, they leave their lights on and have to use it all the time. Like the AAA <laughs> guy knows my parents. <laughs> they just are regulars. They would admit it. But like, I've only ever needed it one time in like my 25 years of life. But Looking back on it, they probably would have uh-huh. taken like an hour to get there. So from what I get at, our scenario ended up being better, except for the cost. Here's what happened. I called 911 because Dave's towing didn't answer. So I was like, who else do I call? Well, <laughs> who's the backup who's if the backup? Dave's towing I guess it's 911. So I, I Googled, can you call 911 if your keys are locked in your car? And it's like, if there is a pet or... A child in the car. Well, our dog was in our car, so I just called. Like, not- Perfect. Thank you, Bentley, for being stuck I was like, in the car. Thanks, Bentley. So I just called nine one one, and he's like, "Yeah, nothing I can do about it, but I'll call the local wrecker, and hopefully he'll come. But he's probably asleep, so don't know how long it'll be." So I'm like, "Okay." So we're Logan and I are. Picture this: we're just standing in this Walmart parking lot, huddled together because we're freezing. He's angry. I'm like, "It's okay." I'm, I'm like, we need to pray. So we're praying, just huddled <laughs> together. I'm like, this is what is happening right now. We're seeing the sun start It's your rise. first national park experience. First national park. Mm. 
set the bar high. But honestly, <laughs> he came 20 minutes later, the local wrecker, who wow. was Dave's towing company, who didn't answer our calls, but answered 911. So I guess we weren't priority. You didn't have the connections. I guess, you like, didn't. you know, the 911, yeah. they answer calls, which makes sense. But yeah, he unlocked our car. that was a tough one to swallow. Our joke is, how much does it cost to sleep in a Walmart parking lot? $80. (laughs) A campsite is cheaper, Should have just got a campsite or a hotel or anything. Um, So this is like 420 now. I'm like, Logan, get in the car. We are driving as fast as we can. We are making this sunrise. So we get to Acadia. We're driving up the hill. Like, the sun is rising. People are leaving. But we do get there. We do see the sun still, like... It's uh-huh. not like the actual sunrise, but like the sun is in the sky and it's still like absolutely breathtaking. Um, so then we like drove into Bar Harbor after and Logan just like fell asleep in the car for like an hour and a half. And I was just like, you know what? You need to sleep. With his, nap, with his Crohn's, if he like doesn't get a lot of sleep, sometimes he can get a flare up. So I was like, you sleep. Oh. I went and got a coffee. Then we got like a cute little breakfast at like 730. Um, but yeah, that was Bar Harbor. We loved Bar Harbor in Acadia. It was beautiful. Would go back, but... Um, if you're ever sleeping in your car, you probably are locking your doors from the inside. Just grab your keys when you leave is my biggest takeaway. Helpful tip. But we loved Maine. It was so relaxing. <laughs> I was off my phone, disconnected, had so much good quality time, had like amazing meals, yeah. had good Bentley time. We took them on so many hikes. Um, Thank yeah. goodness you were in Walmart parking lot. If we didn't have service, if we like at a campground like or something. A, a lot of national parks, you don't have service. So if yeah. you do that, like I don't. I don't know what you do. Do you I don't get know. a ranger? Do you just break your window? Like, well, I do not know. A lot of people we told this to said we would just they would have just broke a window of the car. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. But then it's like, you have to drive back from Maine to home. With the window broken. With your window wide yes. open on the highway for 10 hours. Yes. No thank you. And it did rain. No thank And you. it did rain a lot. So, <laughs> thank you. And that probably would have been more expensive than $80 to fix that window. Yeah, I'm thinking so. so. And then you have glass everywhere. And what if, like, the dog gets hit? Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. So, that's my life update. Um, what a story. Yeah. Maine was great, though. 10 out of 10 <laughs> recommended. If you're going to Maine, let me know. I can give you recommendations. Yes. Um, Because we did a lot of fun things, so... We we adore Maine, even for just like a long weekend. Yeah, we went up. Was it last fall or the fall before? I don't remember. But we love to go. Even in the fall is not like tourism season. That's what they said. And things are more shut down, but it's like chilly, but it's good vibes. It's like hoodie weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We liked it a lot in the fall too. Okay, but- tell me your life update because I just talked for a while, a really long time about Maine. <laughs> mine is not nearly as interesting by any means. Mine is a mishmash of random thoughts and things happening mm-hmm. that um, collide that maybe they'll make sense together. Mm-hmm. So, okay, first off, we are here at Jensen's this weekend yes. to record and film. Mm-hmm. And um, we, my grandparents live maybe like 30 minutes mm-hmm. from Jensen's. So I don't often drive down just to visit them because it's like three, three and a half hours. Um, and they often come up to visit us where we live um, and see the family. So we made this a long weekend and decided to take a night and stay with my grandparents and visit with them, which they're both over 90 now. They have a three bedroom, three full bath house that they take care of. My grandpa has a full carpenter shop. They cook their meals. They clean their house. Their laundry's in the basement. They do their laundry, bring it up. Like they are the most incredible people. Life goals. (laughs) Yeah. And they're just like pictures of health. Mm -hmm. Um, Although they've both had like double elbows, double (laughs) knee, double hip replacements. But that's because they were professional roller skaters. Um, Wait. That's what all the 
Yeah, they have photos. Like, and my grandma would sew their outfits. They won all these competitions. That's like the until they were thing like ever sixties or seventies. And my mom was like, "Please hang it up. Like, you're scaring me with all these broken bones." Wait, question: Did they do tricks or was it for speed? Like, what was like? What do you mean professional roller skaters? I think they almost did like. There's almost like ballroom style skating oh that's so fascinating where it's like more like elegant or something and like oh. you're judged I, I never like that I recall watched them in a competition I was probably really young yeah um but yeah so they are just that's why they have all the replacements but they're very healthy mm-hmm. um but it was lots of fun my husband Logan has never stayed at their house and like of course I have memories of being a kid staying there mm-hmm. and like things we did um and so it was just fun to stay and visit with them and hear like they talked forever at us. Like, they stayed up past 11 talking to us the night we got in. And we got in at, like, 6 that night, just sitting in the kitchen talking. Then the next morning, we got up at 7 this morning. And we were just talking until noon. Just sitting in the kitchen talking, drinking coffee. But it was so sweet because just to hear their thoughts and them tell stories. And my grandpa was born in 1933. Oh, my gosh. And when I think about that, like that's like pre before computers, before phones, wow. all the things he lived through. Yeah. Like he was in wars. He owned a, a carpentry construction wow. business. He built like McDonald's across multiple states. Like he was the McDonald's guy. Okay, so he was like the McDonald's guy. Um, Ooh, the, crunchy. No, no, <laughs> he was actually telling us how. When McDonald's first came out, it was just a good, thick hamburger with onions, and they did it really well, and now it's junk. So it's just interesting to hear how things were in the past from their perspective. And then, like, my grandma's super tech-savvy. She texts me, like, emojis and, like, has a smartphone, and it's just amazing. And I'm like, Grandma, you are so good on that. And she's like, oh, I make do. I don't really know what I'm Mm -hmm. doing, but they're just – it was just really fun to kind of hang out with them and hear about – their life more and stuff and it just made me crave like a simpler life my grandma just knits every night and they read the paper Mm -hmm. and like drink coffee and they watch the birds they're obsessed with watching birds and it's just like reminds me to kind of like pull back on things the simpler things in life and and like enjoy them and I'm like I just I want to be like that when I'm old yeah and I I want to be like that now I know and I feel like there's so much to learn from like older generations like they have so much knowledge and wisdom that we can't even like wrap our head around and it's like just having time to just listen to them Mm -hmm. like you can learn so much yeah you really can it's it's super interesting um and so that like kind of segues into one of the things I've been doing in my life is learning to say no better oh I tend to be an overcommitter. There's just so many good things and I want to do them all. And it's like, I'm the type of person that like, I learn how to knit and I'm like, I'm making a full knitted afghan. Sorry. Okay. If I learn to knit, I want to make a full knitted afghan every single month. Like Mm -hmm. I'm like full in. Or if I learn how to make a good espresso drink. I'm like, I'm opening a coffee shop. Like, I'm just like overly committed to things. Yeah. And then also just saying yes because it's like a good thing and someone's like, can you do this? Can you do that? But then it becomes a bad thing because it's creating stress yeah. for me. Um, so I am learning better to say no to things, even if they're good things, and pull back in my life. And that mm-hmm. is very hard to pull back on things that you're like, 
but I feel like this is going to hurt this person or I know this is gonna make more work for this person, but to really be like healthy mentally and like in taking care of myself and my life, I have to be better at that. Um, and so then the other thing that segues with that is something I did recently, and this is gonna sound weird, but I'm a weirdo, is I thought to myself, I was like, I always just like write down random things or have random ideas or lists that I make. And I was like, okay, everybody's always like, you need to do this to like live your ultimate life or this or that. And it's like, I don't have endless money and time. So what I did is I sat down and I wrote a list. If time was out of the equation, if money was out of the equation, what would my ideal life look like? And I literally just wrote on a Word doc, like mm -hmm. what would my day look like? What would be the, the things I wanna do? The self-care things, like what would my house be like? All these things. I wrote it down and I was like, okay, but a lot of this is achievable now without money mm -hmm. and without like an overextension of my time. Like it was pretty simple of just like a daily walk and eventually I'd like to have some like chickens and like be, I in the morning I'd like to go out and milk the cow and then make a from scratch breakfast. I don't have the cow yet, that's a future <laughs> thing, you know? But like I can make a breakfast and it really boiled down to just like a simpler, slower life mm -hmm. where I was enjoying the little things and then like really talking with my grandparents and kind of just like observing them reinforced that to me like, I want to read the paper. I want to just take the time to read a book and slowly wake up in the morning. And like that's hard because we're so busy yeah. as a generation and culture. But then I'm like also like I do a lot of it to myself. When we were with my grandparents, I was not on my phone for like a solid mm -hmm. day and a half because we were literally just talking and it would have been rude. And they're not like oh, they have their phones out and they get a text, they get a notification yeah. type of thing. My grandma wanted to show me pictures that my cousin sent her and she was like, oh, let me go get my phone and turn it on. And like, she like has it on the office desk and like brings it over and turns it on to show the pictures and then turns it off and puts it back. Like they still have a landline. And I was just like, this is what I'm craving yeah. and wanting to embrace. And it was just a good kind of like reminder of that. And um I just would recommend sitting down and writing down what what would your dream life look like and then prioritizing what really matters on that list and what stuff that you can like do without it being an investment of a ton of time or like a ton of money that like you can achieve that right now. Like, and, and what do you need to pull back on that's eating your time away that's not like a good thing in your life yeah. or not really like profitable to you in the way of like, investing in you or your family and prioritize the things that matter. So there's my inspiration for the day, mm -hmm. but it really has been helpful to me to like all of that combined, pull back, enjoy the slower, simpler things and really be like, okay, the my ideal life really doesn't take that much money or time. It's just a change of habits. And that's not that hard. It is hard, but when you have it figured out like, okay, this is all I have to do to get there makes it more achievable. I love that. That's you're inspiring me to really so look at my day and <laughs> slow down, enjoy the simple things. Oh, so good. Yes. Okay. So that's my life update. Jensen gave her a little crazy main story. Um, I think the next thing is we have our guests coming. Yeah. Well, we are so excited to introduce 
this week's guest, um, a longtime friend of mine. We actually met the first day of college. Miss <laughs> Elizabeth Hepper, now Miller, um, is this week's special guest. I was going to enter her, but I feel like she can just tell you all about herself. But she's here to talk about yoga um, and teach us so much because Rachel and I were actually having a discussion before this. We know nothing about yeah. yoga like we know very <laughs> little so she is going to tell us all the things yep but we're gonna let her have the floor so tell us about yourself sure girl. and thanks for having me on the podcast I'm so excited I've been listening into um kind of crunchy like every single episode and I've been loving everything you guys have been saying it has taught me so much I feel like I've heard like just I've been gaining so many tips and tricks. So thank you guys. Um, Elizabeth Hepburn Miller here. I'm still using both last names because I feel like I'm going through an identity crisis trying to change it at social security and the DMV and everything. Um, but I, yeah, I became a certified yoga instructor last year. Um, so I definitely would consider myself new in this space, but I hope I always consider myself a student. Um, just a student of the practice, even if I now am like considered, you know, a certified teacher, but I created B Yoga. So B Yoga was born last year after I completed my certification. And I honestly, like, I guess to introduce the yoga piece, um, I was, I'm a former ballet dancer. I have always been into yoga. Jens and I actually used to go to hot yoga together. I've always loved yoga um and really just coming into like a yoga teacher training I, I always wanted to become a teacher um I really had that on my mind but that's a whole background story I can go into on how I felt called to really do it last year but I thought I had this idea and this picture of yoga in the beginning of my yoga teacher training and five months later I have a completely, I'm like, who was that girl? What did she even know about yoga? What did she think? Like, what kind of teacher did she think she was going to be? Because look at where I am now. I mean, I would just, I'd suggest a yoga teacher training, honestly, to anyone that is interested. Whether you want to become a yoga teacher or not, or you are just interested in knowing more about yoga, I have a, a huge soft spot for the school that I went to called the Yoga Abbey. Shout out. They're the best, in my opinion. Um, very biased, but I think that, you know, there is, there's so many different schools. I know that there's, um, schools in Pittsburgh, specifically where I am. There's schools everywhere in person, online, but a yoga teacher training just can open your mind to so many parts about yoga and pieces about yoga. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so aside from the yoga portion I know that you, like, I admire you so much because just from, like, <laughs> watching on Instagram, you were, like, a total, like, corporate queen wearing, like, these neon colors, living your best life in Pittsburgh. And I just love to follow along because you're just, like, a little ray of sunshine on my feet. I'm like, ah, gold. <laughs> and so I love getting to see how um, your life kind of meshes that you know, yoga is obviously such a huge passion of yours and it's not even like your full timeline of work and just seeing how you're so multifaceted and it is such a huge passion of yours, but then you have all these other little facets that, that play into your life. You're just so much fun and so interesting to follow. And, um, I love to kind of see the evolution of, of all that you're doing. Oh, Rachel, 
Rachel. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And it's so crazy because, um, and just to jump in there too. So Jensen and I went to business school together and I'll keep referencing like just Jensen and I's background too. Um, but it's been so great to get to know you, Rachel, through Jensen and have this connection. We went to business school and I feel like, oh, and I'm, I'm like, of course going to, you know, share faith, uh, very faith based. And it is like a Christian yoga, um, be yoga is at least, um, I'm all over the place with my words today, so I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> with B-Yoga being faith-based too, um, that came and that was born from so much. I feel like just the evolution of the last few years, who I am, who I was, who I'm becoming, um, oh, so many things to say there, but I will say that Jensen and I met in business school and I was absolutely not only subscribed but preached um, this hustle culture that I had found. Um, and it was not a product of the business school or anything, but it was definitely, I think, just like a product of our times. Um, and like, just kind of, I feel like the era we've been born into and that we're growing up in. And I, it's so funny because I think God uses maybe, maybe I'd call my biggest weakness, but also just an area of your life. He's going to use that to just speak so much into this world or use you as a light or as a mirror, um, yeah, of strength into the world where, where it's your weakness. And I feel like that was my weakness is that I had totally subscribed to this hustle culture. That would be the total opposite of now what like I've found healing through in yoga. And I feel like I'm totally getting ahead of myself, but I, it's been this whole mosh posh of, um, becoming who I am while also, um, finding how everything flows and moves together. Kind of like yoga, like such a balance of effort and ease. And yeah, so it's, it's funny. I'm still in the corporate world. Um, don't think that that's going to go away anytime soon. I feel like I'm still called to be there, called to, um, be a light within that. But, um, thank you. I so appreciate what you just said. I, I love following you guys. I feel like I'm, I'm all about like, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be one day like in my, in heels at a meeting and then come home to my chickens and like bake some sourdough. Like I feel like I, I, I want to do all the things. We love it. We yeah. love it. Yeah, absolutely. We're all about like the balance of your uniqueness of like, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You don't mm -hmm. have to go move away from the city and buy a homestead. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, you can have pieces of everything fit together and like I said, I love following you because of that. Yes, yes. kind of crunchy, right? <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, so you were saying before about last year you started your yoga teaching training journey. How did that start? Because you got married last June. Also, happy one-year anniversary. Um, you just celebrated literally, I think, last weekend. So happy anniversary. But tell <laughs> us about what made you decide to really become a teacher and to choose the route of yoga that you did? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So whew, this is such a loaded question, but um, so I will say I went into become my yoga teacher training because I felt this calling. Um, I felt this profound and specific calling that I just like God had called me to become a yoga instructor at this time, like almost that Esther calling of Esther being in, like called into the castle. And, but before that, I always wanted to be a yoga instructor. And it was always this like idea I put off and I was like, oh, one day, like I really just want to get my certification. I would love to teach classes. It's something I love to do. Um, and stepping back from there. So I was a ballet dancer, loved moving my body, loved movement, always found so much, um, 
just connection to not only myself but others through movement uh, especially like flowing movement like dance and then at the same time though I was such like a junkie for the endorphins of like workout classes everything like that so I was like oh this is perfect but in my mind yoga was just asana so asana is like pose or shapes it was just yoga classes and typically they were like hot yoga classes I needed to sweat it needed to be like this you know heavy based workout that was yoga in my mind so I was like oh I would love to do that and I've taught ballet pilates bar in the, in the past um and I've I've loved that too and I thought that would be the natural you know transition into teaching yoga because I love yoga as well but then my husband and I got married um and it's so funny because like God's gonna speak to you in so many ways and he's gonna speak to your spouse but I didn't really understand that I like was like, yeah I heard that before but then all of a sudden he's telling me like you should really look into becoming a Christian yoga instructor. And I'm like, that kind of sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? Like Christian yoga instructor. Hmm. Um, uh, and he's like, no, like I really believe it. And I, I talked about in the past um, how I'd love to teach a yoga class that has like um, Christian undertones or is a way to worship or praise or is like part of prayer. But I had no idea what that meant. I just was kind of like, ah, like let's slap Christian Christianity on yoga and let's call it a class. And like, I would love to do that. So then I go into my yoga teacher training, uh, or at least I go to look up some teacher like teacher trainings online. I'm not really finding what I want. I'm like, ah, okay, I need something online. I need something flexible with my job. I need something that, you know, or at least I want something that has to do with community, even if it is online. Um, and I would love for it to be Christian-based. Finally, I find it. After so many pages of Google, so many different search engines I was using, I find this and I'm and I started that weekend. And I was like, this is it. Like, I have to do this. But you're married, right? So I sit down with my husband. I'm like, okay, this is going to be an investment of money. Like, I, you know, we have it saved up, but it's an investment. And I remember sitting on the floor of my like office, which I'm in right now, because um, I, I work from home. And I was sitting on the floor talking to him about this when he came from home from work. And he's like, no brainer, do it no brainer. Like this is what you're called for. And I think we get callings without much clarity around them. And I so believe I like, I thought I was stepping into exactly what I knew I wanted to do. I wanted to be this yoga instructor. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to use social media to do it too. I'll wear these cute two piece yoga sets. And I'm going to be this like, like hot yoga instructor person. That's just so, you know, whatever I thought I was going to be. Within a month of yoga teacher training, not only was my life flipped upside down, everything I thought was up was down. I, all, all of who I felt like I was, was changing and shifting with not only being married, I feel like you kind of get this identity crisis, which just after getting married, you get this like, like change of heart. And I think that heart posture is like, you know, beautiful within marriage. It's, it's, it's supposed to happen. Um, but I also felt it with everything I was learning. So I was learning about um, spiritual direction, so about like holding space for others um, within like the yoga classes, so learning so much about yoga. So yoga philosophy, yoga history. Uh, my teacher training was very sensitive to yoga history, how it is it comes from, um, you know, a region that's steeped in um, other religions and how that works, how it, you know, can hold hands with Christianity, all of that, um, which I feel could be like a whole podcast show in and of itself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> the last one is like anatomy, physiology, nervous system, but all together, I was doing it with these women um, that were so incredible and under these teachers 
who are so inspiring and there was so much download, like so much profound download. And at the same time, I was going through this revolution of, um, I think exactly what like Jensen and I were talking about this, like I was ready to just live a more intentional, slower life and really take a deep look at like, um, you know, what I intentionally was doing, like awareness. I think it was like this birth of awareness, especially on social media with like toxins in our um, skincare and toxins in our makeup. But it became, I felt like so much more mainstream. Like I felt like there was like this niche and then all of a sudden everyone was talking about it. And it was at the same time as going through all this. Um, so that's kind of what birthed like me going to yoga teacher training. And um, uh, I'll get to my point. Sorry guys, I like talking in circles. But... <laughs> coming out of it like I just realized that I kind of like the totality of kind of crunchy it really is just awareness um I what birthed for me was this brand new awareness this mindfulness this deep longing and aching that I realized was in this corner piece of my heart where who I was wasn't really lining up with who I really wanted to be like who I really was on on one level you know I still felt like I was hustling or had these like you know, um, I wasn't as mindful about my thought life. There was still this like part of me that wanted to contort um, my lifestyle, fitness, um, if, like, you know what I mean, like diet, everything to uh, fit this mold. Or I was looking at others. I was, I was kind of like subscribing. I don't know how to say it. I was being sold this discontent, which was these like mind games of how to eat, how to live, lifestyle, rah, rah, get up, have the best morning routine, get all these things done. Like all of that, like self-help, you know what I'm talking about? Like self-help culture of like how to be so successful. And I, it all unraveled. So I was like, what do I even define as success? Like, and, and now I'm like going to existential thoughts, but like it all unraveled. And I realized yoga is the place to get still. Like it really is my yoga mat coming to my yoga mat. You know, yoga is like eight, limbs but only one of them is asana which is getting still another one is like meditation or, or your meditative practices but coming to my mat getting still finding that awareness creating that space was so impactful to then every other area of my life it was like a wheel like that area um or, or that middle of that wheel then became like this place that I, I need to get back to over and over again and it no longer fit the mold of this, like wearing this like two piece set and going to hot yoga and like being like, you know what I mean? Like this, uh, like crazy fitness yoga instructor. It became more of like, I need to hold this space for myself and for others where they can get still, where they can come into more awareness and more mindfulness and, um, really birth like the person they want to become too. It's really what I, I, I figured out within that teacher. Training. Wow. So much good stuff there. You're saying you're getting off on all these tangents of trails, but it's like enlightening and beautiful. And I am particularly interested. I grew up, um, my parents were both Christian and I grew up in a church. And I think that there was very much kind of a view that yoga was a different type of spirituality. It didn't really mesh with Christianity. Um, that, you know, like the meditative yoga type practices were like out here hippie woo-woo stuff, right? <laughs> and I very much so believe that, you know, intention is everything and that we are so interconnected with 
the earth and stillness and things like that, that often people discount these practices because they say, well, how can that align with Christianity? So I'm really curious because I know that that your yoga particularly is spiritually focused kind of in the Christian realm. And I'm interested in you explaining a little bit more about that and how those do mesh together for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I will say there is someone named Kelly McClellan. She's the one that taught me in my um, yoga teacher training all about this. Uh, Her company um, or her ministry is called Getting Still Ministries. Um, And I'll give you guys a link too, because she's just awesome. She's written, you know, plenty of articles. She even has courses on this too, like Jesus and the chakras and uh, everything that you can explore. Um, So that my caveat is, um, it also, like I, I have such a, um, and I don't know how to explain it, I guess, empathetic heart. I have such a a want to also um, be sensitive to uh, other cultures and to um, really how steeped in, like, culture yoga is um, when I talk about this because I would hate to appropriate, um, like, another, another culture or, or pull it um, and, you know, westernize it. But integrated medicine, I think is one of the best ways to like, um, look at yoga, um, or have like a metaphor, not a metaphor, like, um, oh, you guys, sorry. Um, a way to compare, um, like integrated medicine is taking like, you know, medicine and what we know and also integrating with Ayurvedic prop, uh, like, um, practices and um, Eastern medicine, I guess you would call it, where it's, um, you know, practices that have been around that have been like time tested for centuries on health and wellness and not just um, like pharmaceuticals and Western medicine. So I know nothing about that, but I feel like that's a really great way to look at yoga and Christianity. So um, Kelly McClellan has this one article and I, I just love what she says. She says, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. So they're like, yoga was born in, um, a, or was birthed or, or founded in a place that had different like life or like, um, different philosophies, um, but not religion. So it's not specific to a certain religion, but like it is within Hinduism and other religions, but it wasn't birthed out of that. Also, flip side, there's so much yoga in the Bible. Like, if you just look at the way, like, we operate and move our bodies and the way that, like, bodies are just such temples to not only Jesus and the gospel, but, like, for all the books in the Old Testament, too, and um, just the intersection of both our bodies being temples and then yoga as a practice there's so much wisdom within both. And to think that like, you know, we as Christians are the only ones that get downloads from the Holy Spirit or the only like children of God to get wisdom would be so silly, right? Like to think that we are the only ones that would know like these best practices when we're still looking, you know, in medicine, we're looking at our Eastern, you know, um, or like Eastern medicine brothers and sisters, like, oh my gosh, like those practices we want to integrate. So looking at that and, and taking it really holistically, um, yoga as a practice can integrate with Christianity because it has, um, yeah, it's steeped with wisdom and there's so many overlaps. Like if you, it's hard to say it, it's to say all this without getting so deep into it, which is why I feel like I'm talking circles around it, but if there's so many deep overlaps, um, 
and I'll leave it there. But our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And if we think we're just like a meat suit, you know what I mean? Like with a brain on a stick, like God cares so much about our bodies. There's a, such a reason why, um, you know, the like the woman that touched Jesus's robe was healed from her body. Um, and, and, and different, um, you know, people in the gospel, um, for lack of trying to go into specifics are healed in their bodies. Um, it's cause God cares about our body, like mind, body, and soul. And, um, yoga is just such a beautiful practice, but also yoga is the practice of yoking. So yoga means to yoke in Sanskrit. Um, and Jesus talks about yoking, yoking our body, mind, and soul, um, yoking to him and getting still, like sitting at his feet, being Mary, not Martha. I think there's so many different things you can point to, but yoking, yoking your body, mind, and soul can help you in your faith journey, start to behold God. So not just like doing for God or, um, taking faith as like a behavioral, um, like management tool, but really taking faith as a way to like behold God and be held by God. Um, yeah, so there's a million things in one. <laughs> I feel like there's so much there. Like you said, we could unpack that. It could be a podcast in itself. Um, I'm completely with you in that there's so much in the Bible about our bodies and the interconnectivity of like Eve was made out of Adam's rib. Adam was made out of the dust. Like we're connected to this earth, to nature, to the animals, mm -hmm. to all those things. Like God cares about that. He created it all. And then also like the stillness component you touched on, just all of it is so good. And I think it's stuff we skip by. And mm -hmm. like you said, kind of, kind of discount these things when they can be used in a way with intention to honor God or to um, bring us to those moments of stillness. So just really incredible stuff. And I'm super excited about it because I feel like it's a really unique perspective and and something I'd like to see more of and, and hear more about as time goes. So I'm definitely going to be tuning in even more to everything you're doing. Yeah, I love, yeah, I, I love that you were talking about just rest and being still because I think yeah. that's something that I know I personally struggle with. I'm always like needing to be productive. And <laughs> yes. I feel like I was just going to say that the Bible tells us that we need to rest many, many times. And we like to skip over that. But I think like the form of yoga that you teach is a very restful yoga. And I think you create a space that allows people to enter into that. Um, because it's hard to like we say that we rest, but we're on our phones, we're watching TV, we're not really resting. And I think like doing your form of yoga, I feel like is a way that we can really get into that mm -hmm. rest. So leading into that, um, we were talking about your focus is more of a vinyasa yoga. So we're dummies with yoga. <laughs> Explain to us what that is. What are the benefits? Why do we need it? Um, please educate us on this. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And I feel like I left, you, I left everyone on a cliffhanger too because I started with like what I thought yoga was, never really came out with what it ended up being. But I'm still, I'm still learning that. Like, I feel like I'm just like, I feel like it's going to take me 20 years to just digest everything that I learned within five months because it continues to compound in daily life. And I love that yoga, you take it off the mat. And that's what I love too, is like what you just said, Jens, about being productive. That's what I thought that like every moment of every day had to be. That's what I was totally subscribed to. Like I was the poster child for hustle culture, for um, time management, for doing all the things, being all the things, having all the things. Um, 
And then faith, like, right? Like, then there's faith. But, like, what did I really believe in? Like, what did I actually have faith? Like, and, and do I actually have faith? And what does it say, right? Um, because Sermon on the Mount is something I'm studying this year um, within a yoga community, too. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the, those who mourn. You know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness or, like, a right posture of heart. Um, but what would my life say? I was the poster child for, no, blessed are those who have it all, do it all, be it all, because that's what I was chasing. I was like chasing, chasing, striving, proving. Um, but really when you get back onto your mat, it is so productive. Like, and it's like flip on its side. Like it's so productive to sit there. Why? Cause <laughs> Jesus tells us a million times, abide in the vine, like yield to the Holy Spirit. But what does that look like? I always thought that looked like doing. I was like, it's output, it's output, it's output. But God wants to just be with us. And, and be in our soul. So branching that into now the vinyasa and like, you know, what it is, is, um, so vinyasa is a type of yoga that is different than, um, you know, there's so many different types of yoga. There's like, um, Ashtanga yoga, there is restorative yoga, there is, um, you know, a type called Bikram that was started by a guy named Bikram. There's so many different types of yoga, but vinyasa yoga itself, um, in very, very simplistic terms, is a yoga that flows, and it flows with your breath. So breath is your driver, I guess you'd say, of the movement, but you're, it's also a focus within yoga. So it's focusing back on the breath. And if you think about that, like focusing on the inhales and the exhales, it brings you right back into the present moment. It brings you into that awareness. It brings you like home to yourself. And that's exactly what we're doing when we abide in the vine and we yield to the Holy Spirit, we're coming back, we're becoming aware, we're just sitting with the Lord, we're being with Him, we're coming to His feet. For me, it's really, really hard to sit still. Like, it is hard to just sit there and call that productive. I am like, this is, I'm like, no, I could, <laughs> I could like, I could read a whole chapter of the Bible, I could be doing this, I could do all that. But the, when I, what I realized, especially before I started this yoga journey, is that there was something, there was a disconnect in my faith. Like there was some kind of disconnect, but I always felt like, you know, when I would go to a yoga class, hot yoga, regular yoga, vinyasa yoga, whatever it is, like, sorry, not regular yoga, restorative yoga, whatever it is, all the things, I always felt this like overwhelming feeling of clarity, or at least I felt like this um, nervous system, just calming, this feeling of like walking out the doors. And I realized it's because you're breathing. Like you're fi I'm finally taking this deep breath. Like I'm running a million miles an hour. Now I'm finally taking a deep breath. You're inhaling, you're exhaling. I know Chloe talked about this on um, the chiropractic episode or the episode about like, um, that you guys had just put out, which I loved it was about like deep breathing and deep breaths and like, like how to actually like breathe. Um, and that's what I was doing is that it, within your movement, you're focusing on your breath and you're moving with your breath and all of that yoking together, mind, body, and soul coming into your breath. It's like a tool that God gave us to come back home. So that's how faith fits in it, into it too. But that's vinyasa yoga. Um, it's coming back to your breath. So it can look like anything. It can be power flows. It can be restful flows. Um, sometimes yoga to me is really just like moving my arms up and down or just laying in child's pose or laying on my back and not falling asleep or maybe falling asleep, but like laying in final resting pose. Really vinyasa yoga can look like anything, but it's a tuning into your breath, which is this, which a whole nother thing, your nervous system, um, which is such a tool and can be taken off the mat. Um, that whole 
like breath and the way we operate and live in the cycle of our breath. I um I recently had an experience a couple months ago. A friend invited me to a wellness retreat and. Uh, there was going to be a sound bath, which was amazing. I had never done before. Ooh, and uh, then there was like a mindfulness meditative period. And then they were doing a yoga flow. And I was like, okay, I'll go. But yoga has never connected for me. I always like, I just struggle with it. I can't, like, I don't get focused during it. Don't mm-hmm. calm down. Well, it was vinyasa yoga. And I had never done that before. And the interconnectivity of like the breath with it, I said to her after, I was like, I love yoga now. Like that was the most like healing thing for me. I haven't been that calm in so long, like felt that connection. And so it was really, it was like 20 minutes of a flow. And I was like, that is incredible. Like it just changed my whole perspective on yoga. And I didn't even know like, oh, there's different types of yoga. So I just had never done that type before. And it was always really intense yoga. And I was like, I do not stretch like that or bend like that. That is not for (laughs) me. So it was really like transformative for me. And so I know you talked a lot about the breath work and like kind of your rest and digest and the vagus nerve. So I'd be curious if you have any more info about how yoga can benefit those things specifically, like in the health realm, like getting us into that rest and digest state or um, anything with the vagus nerve or any other info you have as as far as like physiologic. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I love that so much. I, one of the biggest things I've learned within like my yoga teacher training and my teaching journey is like yoga is not performative. I used to like go in to a yoga class and I would like perform. I wanted to do these shapes to the best of my ability, 100% on, 100% effort. And I realized yoga is actually a balance between effort and ease. And oh my gosh, is that something that you take off the mat now and into real life? Like that cycle of a breath, like you guys were talking about, like, you know, the cycle like of a woman within your 20 day cycle or however long it is, like the cycle of your breath movement, the inhales, the exhales, like there's, there's things that you need to exhale. Like there's depth. So like empty out, there's voids to then bring in new life. Like there's so, uh, there's so many different things you take off the mat. Well, one of them is effort and ease too. It's a balance between effort and ease. And that I've taken off my mat because, um, you know, where can I find ease in this pose? And then also like, where can I find ease in this life? But am I having fun? Am I enjoying? Like, where am I finding ease in my morning routine? Where am I finding ease in, you know, the things you guys have talked about? Where am I finding that kind of crunchy? Like, where am I finding the ease in like, both going after like health, but also um, finding that enjoyment, that ease, the where you know everything becomes like um, I don't know um, a lifestyle, like a true lifestyle um, instead of a regiment. And um, so back to your question. Sorry, I'm, I'm all over the place. So with the nervous system and your vagus nerve, so breath, huge doorway to health. I think one of the biggest things that I've learned um and what's really impacted me in my own like I guess you could say like upside down wellness journey that I've taken from like doing all the things being all the things like trying to be the epitome of health and totally flipped is that you can and they you know you see this all the time you can eat all the kale you can do all the sit-ups whatever it is but if you are not care if you are not mindful if you're not aware of what's going on up here and your mind is an ecosystem so your brain is up here but your mind is actually a, a full ecosystem of what's going on chemically as well as like what's going on in um your neuron receptors and what 
what messages are being sent between your body and your brain. So your mind is such a complex ecosystem um, and the breath is such a doorway into that. When you start to focus on your breath, you automatically just start taking deeper breaths, taking deeper breaths. You know, as, as, as Chloe said, like you're, you're inhaling from your stomach, not your chest. You're exhaling. You're really getting deep into your diaphragm and, um, yeah, you're engaging in just like a better deep breath. Um, but what's going on there too is there's a lot of hormones. There's, I think there's like a, over a hundred hormones. Um, what we know some of them, one of them is cortisol stress hormone. Um, and when you start taking shallow breaths, um, when your nervous system goes into fight or flight, when you go into your, like, when you go from rest and digest into a fight or flight, which is, you know, parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system, when you're in your sympathetic and you are um, getting ready to run from a bear, or maybe you're getting flown into that because you're about to jump into a meeting, your breath can start to become shallow, you can start to sweat, there's a lot of different um, body chemical reactions, um, and all of them are for survival, right? Um, so many of them are for survival, but your breath can be a gateway into the way that you change from sympathetic to parasympathetic. Um, you know, not always, but it is such a tool, um, in your nervous system. So I know I'm going into like circles, but really what I, I, I want to share too, um, is with your nervous system, we're constantly being compounded by messages all day. And one of the biggest, biggest things I think I would love to share, like both on this podcast and something that I think is such a calling for B-Yoga is the mindfulness and the awareness to discern those messages, to inhale, to exhale, to let, like, let things, um, you know, not always be fact or truth when they come through our mind. So many things we take a hold of and we white knuckle and we keep in our minds and they start to form in our bodies, our bodies will hold on to emotions and stress and we don't exhale enough. Like we don't let things go enough and our nervous systems can be constantly running on, um, on, yeah, on, on fight or flight. They can be constantly running on fight or flight and yoga is a practice that then, you know, if we can start to practice getting still, if we can start to put that into our days, how much more, will that infiltrate the rest of our day and the rest of the week and, and then our lives. And I thought too, like if, if yoga becomes like not nothing, but if yoga is just something that was a season, it'll forever impact my family one day, right? Like it's always, it's going to forever impact who I am. At least I hope so. Um, when I say, right. Um, and, and my husband told me that too. I said, you know, what if, what if I, what if yoga just doesn't form anything? What if it doesn't become anything? Um, because of that fear of failure that's all within all of us. And he said, it will change who you are because you've taken the space to take deep breaths, to centralize my nervous system, which, you know, my, our nervous system as women too, like we are the heart of our homes. We get to impact the atmosphere of our home. We impact the influence of our home. And when our nervous system is fight or flight, you can tell, you know, when you're in the space of someone whose nervous system is like totally fight or flight, like you, you can't chill around them. You cannot calm down around them. We can impact our homes and the health of our homes in bringing people back into rest and digest. And that's what so much like so many people are after, you know, you just see so many ads for like 
um, seed, um, like that, like probiotic or you see for like CBD stuff or, or to get you back into like a rest and digest state or to a, to a chill, calm, you know, state. Um, and is that what we're looking for? I know I'm going to existential questions, but when we like go after all these self-help books, what's the really end goal is to be like successful in a state of happiness and content and security. Um, and really so much of that goes right back to where our nervous systems are, no matter what our circumstances are. And then that's faith, right? I don't even know what to add to that. That was so, <laughs> you just unpacked so many things there. I'm like, I need to immediately add yoga into my life because I always intend to. And I'm like, okay, I need to get on B yoga and do a morning flow and a night flow every single day because you're like speaking to me, I think. Yes. We, I mean, you like you were just saying, so many of us are always in that fight or flight state like that's our culture now I think if you look back like hundreds of years ago like the only time you were stressed were literally when you were getting chased by a bear or like <laughs> your fort was under attack like little things like that where not little things but they were acute quick things where nowadays it's like we are chronically stressed because our jobs are stressful we busy up our schedules we you know overspend so we struggle with finances like they're these long stressors where I think now more than ever, we need to get into that rest and digest, get into that state of just being still, which going off that, be yoga, where, like, tell me, I mean, I'm sure I can kind of figure out where the name came from, (laughs) but just tell us about where the name came from, why you decided to go on YouTube, like, and obviously we will link this, share this, because more people need to see this, but just tell us about <laughs> oh, it. Oh, thank you. Thank you, guys, and I so appreciate it. I feel like I'm going to listen back to this episode and be like, I just talk circles. <laughs> um, no, but... everybody, everybody <laughs> says that to us that's a guest, and we're like, no, the people want to hear you and love it. Like we're every... sick of us. And <laughs> we're, like, here, like, jaws dropped, like, oh, this is such good stuff, so try <laughs> Thank you. Please keep it up. It's amazing. Oh my gosh. No, thank you guys. I am so grateful to be sharing this too because um, Biogo was born because I felt like I just couldn't keep it to myself. So many things have bubbled up and I am still unpacking and digesting so much of, um, you know, what I feel like God is like a download from the Holy Spirit on Biogo. But really Biogo was born first before the name came because I found this I feel like there was this void in the online yoga space. I um, work from home, but I also, um, you know, travel, like, if not only, like, in the city of Pittsburgh, but to other cities with clients, with meetings. Um, You know, life gets busy. You know, life after COVID kind of just swept right back up. But I, so I felt like I couldn't always get to a studio for a full one-hour practice. Um, You know, the commute there and back. I wanted something quick, um, online, free. But I also was not finding something, whether on YouTube or other spaces, that was truly accessible. So something that's accessible to all bodies, beginner, advanced, intermediate, um, and something that was an invitation to make your own. I really wanted something that, you know, or, or at least being invited or giving the permission to show up your in the middle of your workday, you've got, you know, your Zoom business on top, sweatpants on bottom, you just need five minutes of a reset, you just got off this meeting, and you really just need like 10 minutes, whatever, 20 minutes, or you only have eight minutes to really just reset, do a quick yoga flow, you don't even, you don't even need to roll out your yoga mat, and boom, you've got a whole reset for the rest of your day. 
something I could drop into. I wasn't finding that on YouTube or in any other space. And I was like, where can we find yoga? Where Or how can like I create a yoga space that's free and truly accessible? Um, and that's what I wanted to do. So I, my husband and I actually, we ended up going to Dubai and Thailand in January. We had this like big trip dream. And I said to him, I was like, I think I want to film some yoga like videos while we're there um that would just so show yoga on the road they have to be one hit wonders so I've got to do the yoga class I can't go back and edit and do all the things um uh, or like take it you know multiple times or make it perfect but I want to put it out there so he helped me find this like $10 tripod on Amazon got me these little microphones and I filmed them on my camera and um while I was not only on that trip, but through my yoga teacher training, I kept getting visions from God about a garden and he kept showing me gardens. And honestly, I was also going through this like intense want to have a garden. I'm like, I want to grow my own food. Like I want a garden. I uh, want a homestead. I, I want a farm. So God kept showing me these garden images. And with that, he kept showing me like, you know, planting seeds, tilling soil, what it looks like when you can't control whether it's going to get watered or not, like the nourishment, the true nourishment. Where does our water come from? You know, God being water or God being this well of water, how water is so powerful, but it's also so nourishing and what faith looks like in nourishment. Like faith truly has like my, um, my knowing of God, like just coming to know him has totally changed, um, from, you know, a God that I come to with petitions and requests in prayer or in doing and serving and service to this God of friendship and relationship and, and deep beholding, like looking up at God, looking back down on me, looking back up at him, like this, um, just coming to know him in such a deeper way as nourishment and that faith should be nourishing. Like that's what yoga is, is nourishment, like not a workout per se. I mean, it does, you know, motion is lotion. So it is a workout, but, um, <laughs> not something super productive or performative, like getting that warrior three perfect and aligned, but it should be nourishing the same way faith. Faith is like nourishment to your soul, like kind of country. Like you're going after true nourishment, not just the kale, the beef over the raw milk, but you're also going after the ice cream and the other things when it's the time because it's deep nourishment to your bones, to your soul, to who you are as a totality of a person. And so God kept showing me these like nourishing garden images. And then he showed me a picture of a bee. I don't know why. And then there's like a bee on my windowsill. And then there's a bee flying around me when I did yoga outside in my backyard. Then there's this other bee thing. And I don't know why, but all these bees started coming and how a bee pollinates a flower and then goes to the next one. And that cross pollination and the way the bee goes back to a hive and is part of this greater community and how there's so much, you know, so many bees needed for just how little amounts of honey that are the output. And, you know, the flowing of milk and honey in the Bible. I mean, there's so many different things God kept showing me with B. And then finally the nail, like hit the nail on the head um, with God asking me to stop doing for him and said I need to be for him. And who I am is going to be so much more important than all that I do. Um, and what I do needs to flow from who I am. And those two things need to line up. And... Oh, I could go into a whole nother tangent about that, but I'll leave it at that. So that's how bee yoga came from all these different things um, and this image of a bee. Oh my goodness. Wow. I am like, I'm just like, <gasps> I need more of this. Like all the knowledge you're, you're throwing, like the inspiration, the motivation, just everything. I'm like, oh, I just need to like 
be at peace in yoga with Lizzie on the yoga. Like it really is. I'm like, oh, I need more of this. I need this every week. Like you're just like calming me and reassuring me. And like, I'm just all credit, all credit to the Holy Spirit. Like all credit to God. He is still showing me things. It is, yeah, not me at all, but thank you. And that is so evident through just like how everything's kind of transpired with, with your practice and, and where you're at. And I was going to ask, who is B yoga or vinyasa yoga for? But I think it's pretty clear it's for literally everybody could benefit from mm-hmm. this. So I think my question would be for all of our listeners who are now going to start B yoga and their yoga journeys, what would be your, your recommendation or your advice for someone just getting into yoga or just starting or someone like me who had always been like, yoga is not for me. Um, that hasn't maybe yeah. tried a vinyasa practice or, or hasn't done bee yoga before. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so I'll plug that I do have um, beginner videos on YouTube. Um, and they, in the intro too, I wanted to make it crystal clear. You can use the floor right underneath you, whatever you are wearing, like just showing up. I think yoga is um, an area to explore uh, that's one of the, one of the biggest part, like biggest things that I've come out of my yoga teacher training too, is just having more time for play, like have more time for play and exploration. And, you know, in approaching yoga, old me would have approached yoga and I needed to do it right. I wanted the most productive video. I wanted to do the right video. I needed the steps, like all the things, but now it's like, what if I just played with it? Like, what if I'm just terrible at it? And what if I do it anyway? Right? Like, and what if I make it my own or, or what if I come back into that wisdom of our bodies? And I, I've loved what you guys have said on your podcast about like coming back to the wisdom of our bodies and not just taking like what I eat in a day on Instagram that that girl eats or, or, t- or subscribing to the wisdom of that person, but really coming back to like our bodies have all this deep wisdom. Why? Because God created us with these like super intricate processes. And there's like red blood cells that are going to work right now. And I'm not telling them to, right? Like there's so many things happening in our bodies and our bodies are going to tell us like what's deeply nourishing, what, what works and what doesn't. Um, and I think with everybody being a different, like, um, just on different paths in life and in different journeys in life, there's going to be maybe a niche in yoga that, um, calls you, But I think yoga is so for everyone, whether it's like sitting in a meditative practice, like just sitting like Sukhasana, which is easy seat, cross-legged, you know, eyes closed, meditating, or it's like a full yoga flow or it's hot yoga, Um, whether it's, you know, having, um, you know, praise or worship be your end goal within yoga, or it's just clearing your mind. Um, I think really it's for everyone. It's at any point of your day, it's any video you want to look at online or any class you want to go to. Um, I would just encourage anyone to go, anyone to just start, I think just beginning and finding, um, yeah, what works for you. I love that. I'm just thinking about when we were in Florida, which was about two, three months ago. And I just remember what you said because we filmed a video together, which you can find on her YouTube channel, which was so much fun. It was like (laughs) on this... um, A kind of crunchy bee yoga crossover, right? (laughs) And it was in beautiful West Palm Beach, Florida. Yes. (laughs) Um, But I remember you just kept saying like, you know, your poses don't need to be perfect. Like it doesn't, even though like I was on camera, I was like, I need to be perfect, but we didn't need <laughs> oh, to be. Yeah. It's, it's just meant to be for me, for you, for whoever's watching. Like 
it is all about your practice coming to your state of rest. And I think that's so beautiful because you don't need to be able to do a handstand. You don't need to be able to do all these crazy poses. Like you're just meant to rest and where you're at. And I love, I so love true. that the yoga focuses on that. Oh, yeah, thank you. Absolutely. It's coming back to that like authentic, vulnerable, simple, local, honest, true. It's like going back to your local farmer, like going back, all the things, like all the kind of country things. I feel like so much crossover there too um, is what yoga has become to me. And I think that's probably one of the, one of the things I'd love to leave all the listeners with is yoga is not performance. It is not performative. It is such a place to just be held and behold that's all that's beautiful going off that I mean that was that could have been a perfect note to end on but is there (laughs) anything else that you want to tell our listeners about anything because you're just so full of knowledge no my gosh you guys uh you're too kind I guess I would just say um let when you start yoga um and what happened for me when I was on um the beginning of my yoga journey is there's a lot of things that are going to bubble up you've finally gotten still you finally have, you know, come home, you're, you're taking your deep breaths, you're resting, you're getting into maybe a practice of yoga, maybe it's all over the place, maybe you do it, you know, every day for a week, and then you drop it for a while, there's going to be things that start to bubble up, because our issues are in our tissues, like there's so much we've repressed and pushed down, or maybe there's so much we've numbed or moved past, and I would just encourage anyone, like, keep going, like, keep going in your yoga journey, keep coming back to it, let yoga be a space where you hold space for your body, where you take up space, like let yourself take up space in this world. Um, let all of that who you are bubble up to the surface. And, and of course, I'm gonna plug but also give it all to God, like let everything flow out. He knows every single plan he has for us. He can count every single hair on our head. He knows every emotion. He sits with us. He mourns with us. Like there's, he's so near and present and let that presence just seep over you. Let it continue to just flow over you like running water and allow yoga to be a space where you come home to that simple local honest self um, and let it then like flow out like a mirror, like let all that light that shines in, like let it just reflect out as you go out through your days. Um, let yoga be something for yourself, a gift for yourself, the gift of being yourself and just being, and let that just overflow, like overflow in a fountain and water into, into what you do. And if they, if all those hard things start to bubble up, just know that there's a light like a candle that's burning away all that darkness. Like it is burning away. It may feel like it's like a black bile coming up, but it, it's burning away everything that you're not meant to be or is not meant to be there. And I just know for someone who's listening, it's going to be like weight start to come off their shoulders. They're finally going to realize, you know, I love that song Amazing Grace by Pentatonix where it says my chains are set free. Um, that there's, that we are, we were not meant to be in chains. Like, and for someone who feels like maybe they've been ostracized by the church or they just, um, haven't found their home within, um, the confines of a church, that yoga can be that space for them too. That yoga can be where they realize that Jesus came to set our chains free. Like he did not come for the, some behavioral management chain to, to stick back on us to make sure we behave properly or something like that. But instead, like we, like it is finished. Grace is finished. We are in a well, in a deep pool of grace. Like let those chains be free. Even if things start to come up, like just, just let everything, um, come off your mat, um, 
and yeah, that balance of effort, ease, inhale, exhale, let it all like come with you off your mat when you finish your asanas. But I would just encourage anyone who starts yoga and starts to feel that way um, to just keep going. I'm literally uh, like tearing up and I do not cry. <laughs> I am like, I, I feel like this whole conversation has been like for me and to me because I obviously love all these holistic practices and like the crunchy lifestyle and have for years. And I feel like yoga is a realm I have not delved into at all. And like, I love to delve into new crunchy, holistic health realms and just everything you're saying and like the interconnectivity to the Christian spirituality. It's just like hitting a note for me. And I'm like, I need this in my life. Like this is just so beautiful. And I feel like could be so transformative to me and to so many of our listeners. And I'm just really like, I'm walking away from this bettered by what you've shared. And I'm just so appreciative for you being on here because I know for me, it's like, this is a life-changing conversation. And I'm yeah. thinking for many of our listeners, it's going to be like that oh. too. So, Well, you guys, Kind of Crunchy has been a gift to me. So I'm just so appreciative to be able to give anything, just an ounce back to you guys. Thank you so much for everything yeah. you said. Rachel, tomorrow morning before we record our other episodes, we're, we're going to be doing a video. <laughs> yes. We're going to be we are. Gonna be yoga. Um, I know that our listeners are loving this and they're learning so much from this. And I know I can't wait to go back and literally listen and take notes just yeah. on taking notes and learning, but also just being. See, that's the strivingness. I want to learn, learn. This is learn. our podcast and yeah. we're like, wait, we need to listen back <laughs> yeah. and take notes from this. Yeah. <laughs> But you are just a wealth of knowledge, and we just cannot thank you enough for being here. You are so joyful. You are radiating, and our listeners are going to love Bee Yoga. I know they will just as much as we do, and you are just such a light and just keep shining a beautiful light. Oh, you're going to make me cry now. I love you guys so much. Thank you. This has been so awesome and so fun. Oh, thank you again. Yes. Well... I think I think that's all for today. Again, thank you for being on yeah. and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Remember, although we talk all things health and wellness here, this is not medical advice and you should always seek out your medical professional for further questions. Thanks again for listening. Please remember to share, comment, and subscribe to help support our podcast.